Welcome to our next edition of Podcasting in English. Today we're going to be talking about Australian cultural icons. And today with me I have Lynn. Lynn is a teacher of French and also of English. And she's going to be exploring this particular topic with me. Well, I've often had many, because I've lived overseas um, for quite a long time, I often have people coming to Australia to visit and um, there's certainly specific things that you will, they always want to go and do in Melbourne for starters, but um, in Victoria and Australia at large. Um, I'd say one of the most popular things um, and most impressive things they want to do in Melbourne is to go to Victoria Market. Um, Victoria Market, so the Queen Victoria Market. The Queen Victoria Market, yeah. I, partly because um, obviously tourists enjoy shopping, but it is sort of very um, a real landmark in Melbourne. What would you think? Mm. Why do you think it's a landmark in Melbourne? I know it's been in existence for over a hundred years, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know. For me, I've never really understood the fascination of. Uh, Queen Victoria Market, I know, with a lot of the tours that they offer here in Melbourne, um, you know, virtually every tourist goes to the Queen Victoria Market. Absolutely. Well, I think partly, I mean, it's a huge market for starters, uh, and also I think it's a great um, a place that really represents the multicultural aspect mm. of Melbourne. Mm. You can buy any, any type of food there. It's, it represents all the main cultures of Melbourne, Greek, Italian... Turkish, Lebanese, um, Chinese. Mm. Uh, so I think that that it really almost showcases the multiculturalism of Melbourne in one place, under one roof. And at the same time, like a lot of other markets overseas, you've got um, the souvenir shopping that you can do. There's certain items there that uh, that would be very much appreciated by a number of tourists. Oh, absolutely, yeah. which is probably why I don't really like going there myself. Um, and I think uh, another thing that people are very interested to do in terms of cultural um, attractions in Victoria at large is actually touring the wine, wine regions of mm. Victoria. I mean, French people find it fascinating how well Australia has done in terms of producing wine. And, um, you know, nothing really beats a trip out to the Yarra Valley and mm. where you see the Dandenongs, where you see the beautiful Australian birds... Um, the beautiful gardens, but also world-class wine, mm. which I think is a real attraction for many people. I was in Malaysia a couple of weeks back and uh, had a, the good opportunity of meeting a couple, uh, a few British people. And uh, every time I spoke to a British person, I don't know why, I'm just curious about wine, but um, they say that there's quite a number of Australian wine products on the market in uh, in the UK, and they always buy Australian wine. Mm. And they would never buy French wine again, because I think in terms of price, uh, and as well as quality of the wine, mm. they uh, certainly give the Australian wines their preference. Yes, and it's certainly just—it's not just the beautiful wines; it's the, the scenic nature of those wine regions um, is a real attraction, that, you know, for uh, visitors to um, Victoria. But I suppose also you wouldn't um, you wouldn't let someone go home without taking them down the Great Ocean Road. Mm, for sure, the Great Ocean Road. Uh, very close to, uh, sorry, on, on the coast of, uh, of Victoria, of the state of Victoria, mm. in the south. Southern coast of Victoria mm. stretches for what I'd say, what two, three hundred kilometres, mm. and culminates in the Twelve Apostles, which is a pretty stunning sight to see. Yeah, the Twelve Apostles. Mm. Uh, 
actually sort of uh, a misnomer now because only eight of the apostles uh, exist or eight of these particular formations exist. It's only recently, I'd say in the last three or four years, that um, one of these uh, rock formations collapsed. Mm, mm, mm. And it's actually quite a spectacular sight because uh, the ocean is certainly rough in that particular area and uh, over thousands of years the water has uh, gradually eroded the, away the uh, the cliff face and 12 uh, large rock formations were, were standing. But as I mentioned, there's, there's only eight now. Mm. And I think well, beaches in general are a major attraction to anyone visiting Australia. I, I know a few years ago I was in Turkey and was asking someone for some advice as to which places to visit in Turkey and was keen. I was keen to go down to the coastal region and this uh, Turkish tour guide in Istanbul said, why would you want to go and see the beach of Turkey? You come from Australia. You've got mm, the best beaches in the in world. The world. Mm. And it's true. Uh, up north, especially if you go up to Queensland, which is where I go for holidays every year, the beaches are just spectacular. Mm. The water's warm. Um, How about the Great Barrier Reef? Have you managed to spend some time up there? I've been to the Great Barrier Reef two or three times now. Um, it's an excellent, it's a really top-class excursion to take visitors to. You can get ferry rides on the Quicksilver that take you right out to the outer islands of the um, Barrier Reef and you can go snorkelling there, see all the tropical fish, have a sunbake on the little islands, etc. It's not terribly expensive either either, because I know three years back I did uh, a diving trip there and it was a five-day trip. There was two days' worth of training and uh, three days out uh, on the boat Mm -hmm. and uh, fairly inexpensive and a terrific experience. It's a fabulous experience. Mm. You just make sure you don't get left behind when the boat comes back. (laughs) (laughs) Which has happened to people. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, So, yes, I think beaches are a major attraction, but also I think... um, the outback is really something that Australia is very famous for worldwide, and I think it actually. What do you mean? What do you mean by the outback? Well, the outback. Well, uh, as you well know, most of Australia is actually desert. Yeah. Um, you can go for really hundreds and hundreds of kilometres without seeing anything except red, red dirt, red dust, rock formations, the occasional gum tree. There is. There is. Enormous amount of land in Australia, which is just what we call outback. So it's not necessarily the bush in it, in itself, because it's usually not very bushy. Mm. But um, mm. it is like the back of beyond. It's it, you could just get lost there. And I think you know, many's the time. So when I've been to France, um, when people find out I'm I come from Australia, they almost always say, oh, that would be a dream of mine to go to Australia. And I think they find the actual the sense of that vast space in the heart of Australia that is basically mm. emptiness, a very exotic sort of idea for mm. them. But in terms of the number uh, of inhabitants in the outback, there's... Uh I know I mentioned in a previous podcast, there's Alice Springs, which mm-hmm. is uh, in the south of the Northern Territory, or in the centre of, uh, of Australia, mm. and there's a small township there, mm. but um, outside of Alice Springs, you've got uh, Darwin to the north, mm. which is which is labelled a city, but I'd say there's only half a million people there, yes. or even less than yes. half a million. Uh, Aboriginal communities, certainly mm. um, in uh, the Northern Territory, but I don't know how scattered they are the Aboriginal communities, but uh, certainly they uh, they exist, mm-hmm. and 
uh, you know, certain places are just totally uninhabitable. Uninhabitable. Yes, right. Mm. That's that's correct. Mm. Um, you go. That sort of um, brings to mind going into the, the to central Central Australia. A major attraction would be Uluru and the Olgas, mm. huge rock formations. I think with the Uluru, uh, it's really a name that's not very well known. It's better known as uh, Ayers Rock. That's right. Mm. But it's good that they reverted to the original name, I think, mm. to pay tribute to act because it is actually um, native title, isn't it? It's, mm. it's, it's land that's basically part of... Aboriginal heritage, and it's much more protected now than it used to be. I was—I went to Uluru when I was about 15, and um, it was really um, there was nothing sort of sacred about it as such in terms of the fact that people could just crawl over mm. anywhere. But I think now it's much more carefully um, maintained and maintained. Yeah, because sure. I know there's a lot of tourists that go up to the top. Mm. I know when I was there 15 or so years back, a lot of tourists would be taking a piece of rock away with them. Mm, I know. And, mm. you know, if this happens um, over time, obviously mm. this rock is slowly going to be mm. eroded away. But it is an, an amazing attraction because it's just in the, a huge rock in the middle of nowhere. Mm. But uh, close to Ayers Rock, you've got the Olga, the Olgas. They're beautiful. Uh, they're beautiful. Which is just, I think they're just as beautiful mm, I do as too. Ayers Rock. And I know uh, I went out there for the, for the day and I climbed up various parts um, of, of uh, this particular site. And it is absolutely beautiful, yes. especially um, at dawn. Mm, because mm. as the sun as the sun slowly sets, you can see this gradual change in mm. uh, in colour mm. of both the olgas as well as there's rock. Yes. And certainly you'll see a lot of tourists out there with their camera and they're taking quite a, a number of photos or a series of photos because um, changes. Know, the formation or the colour changes are just it changes, amazing. It changes according to the light and it also changes according to the weather. Because mm. um, when I was at Ayers Rock or Uluru, um, it... It rained, and the the rock just went turned instantly from a vivid red to white, mm. and it was quite stunning, That's really, amazing. to see it in the rain. Mm. Mm. How about if we move to the New South Wales coast now, um, and we'll talk about uh, the Sydney Opera House, and the Sydney Opera House is an iconic figure, mm. and I suppose if there's a site that uh, most foreigners would associate with, uh, would associate to, it would be uh, the Opera House. The Opera House, I think you can even, you, you can, all around the world, you can see um, like a graphic representation of the Opera House just by sort of drawing a couple of zigzags and people know exactly what you're what talking it about. Mm. Um, it, it really is a most stately structure, I think. And uh, I was in Sydney very recently and was able to get an apartment that looked right out on the Opera House. And I just thought, it's a site that you could never get sick of. Yeah, you'd never tire you'd of never it. never get sick yeah. of it. And also, the Harbour Bridge next to it, which is called the Coat Hanger in Familiar, familiar Parlance, yeah. okay, um, which is um, another, I think, iconic figure, you know, to, to see a picture of the Opera House, and that's pretty easy to draw, because mm. it does look like a coat hanger. Because um, uh, with uh, the Sydney Olympics that took place in 2000, certainly mm. the opening and closing ceremony, or the whole the whole games, in fact, were, were quite amazing. It was mm. uh, really well received in Australia, and I imagine it was well received worldwide. Um, well, I think it's just mm. Sydney. <coughs> well, you know, um, 
there's always been, because Sydney and Melbourne are the two biggest cities in Australia, there's always been a lot of rivalry, fairly yeah. joking, but rivalry between the two cities, which is the best. And um, But I think in terms of sheer beauty, you can't beat Sydney and the actual harbour. Mm. And the fact that it really was the original place that white men settled in Australia, so it's sort of historically a very important place. place. Mm. The rocks set behind where the convicts were in, in the first days of settlement in the harbour, the boats on the harbour, the bridge and the opera house. It's it's pretty stunning, mm. pretty stunning place. I think Melbourne is more... Um, it's it's actually more of a cultural centre yeah. um, of Australia than Sydney is. I think Melbourne people would be coming to to Melbourne for its sort of its restaurant culture. Mm. It's um mm. very you know widely acclaimed in Australia. Restaurants of all sorts of different nationalities, and it's also more of a cultural um, haven, if you like, for theatre and music and. Mm. Because certainly with sporting events uh, throughout the year, uh, certainly as I mentioned before, Sydney had the Olympics, but um, throughout uh, a year, during the year we'll have the Grand Prix, which takes place mm-hmm. in Melbourne in, uh, in March. Uh, as you mentioned before, there's a number of the- theatrical productions and typically mm-hmm. they have their premiere, uh, all the big theatrical productions, they have mm-hmm. their premiere in Melbourne. Um, what are the other sporting events that we have typically with the grand final or the Australian football well, grand the Australian final? Open the Australian Open is in for Melbourne, sure, which takes place in January, January being our summer. Um, the the grand final, of course, which mm. yeah, um, is even though it's it's travelling, the finals are travelling far and wide um, in terms of interstate teams these days. The grand final will always be at the MCG. Uh, you know, it is mm. absolutely, it's it's sacrosanct, isn't it? For sure, the MCG meaning the Melbourne Cricket Ground, mm-hmm. and even though they call it the Cricket Cricket Ground during the winter, uh, football games are played there. Mm. So, and we also had the Commonwealth Games in uh, 2006 mm. that mm. were really popular and once again very very well received by the Australian public and um, and the Commonwealth public. And remember also in terms of sort of artistic culture, Melbourne's also the home of like um, the um, film festival, mm. the annual film festival and the comedy festival. Mm. So there's, it's, there's always something going on Going there. on. That's what yeah. I was about to say. Mm. There's always mm. some kind of festival taking place some sort in of Melbourne. Attraction. Yeah, always something to do. And it is, um, it, it's pretty. In the heart of Melbourne, I think it's much nicer now than it used to be over, mm. over the Yarra, walking over the Yarra to South Bank, looking back towards the beautiful old Flinders Street Bridge is beautiful, mm. and walking down to the art, what's called the Art Precinct of Melbourne, where you've got the National Gallery of Victoria and the Concert Hall and mm. um, the playhouses down there. So There's always work in progress, mm. and mm. the city certainly is always changing, mm. always getting better, I think. Mm. Okay, we've reached the end of today's podcast. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed uh, listening to uh, to our conversation about cultural icons. If you'd like to access access a transcript of um, the conversation that Lynn and I have just had, uh, you can go to the site www.worldlanguagespodcasting.com. If you go to the English section, uh, you'll see the transcript, and it's very easy to uh, to access, very easy to download. So, once again, thanks very much for listening.
Thank you.